can you do that trick anymore where you just take your old like broken monster i never did it so i don't know i I did that i i mean i definitely did that with with monster cables before but i don't i don't remember i I think as long as the company's around they should honor it there might be like a five-year max or something like that though that's not lifetime dog no it's not it's better five time i know well that is funny because that's when they start to break about five years in you know, usually so got a little timer, a little capsule in there. <laughs> just know when this little planned obsolescence resistor that just pops off. It could happen. Last second. I might have to go pee real quick. I slammed an energy drink, so I'm fucking. <laughs> I'm flying. Yeah, fucking party! Totally remember how that song goes. Gearbuds podcast episode one hundred and eighty-six. That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of podcasts. I'm gonna move this freaking music stand around so I can see my freaking notes. Comfy over there? I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm great, man. Let's do this dang show. Daylight today? Yeah. If you can call this filtered ass, not a snowy uh, town, middle of the night at five p.m. podcast. Well, it will be by the time we're done with probably freaking hogger of a show. Let's do it. Symphony of Corrections. Here is your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Indeed. Don't forget it ever because they're making a comeback, folks. Or might, we might even buy the website again. And uh, if you're listening to this, just know we freaking love you. Yeah, thank you. We do it mostly for us, but at least partially for you, too. And you should feel good about that because with the world that we live in, just knowing that someone out there cares about you is enough. And if you don't already, go follow us on the stuff, subscribe on the stuff, email us at the stuff at gearbudspodcast at gmail.com. And if you reach out, we'll shout you out. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, we've had a number of amazing messages and such sent to us this week. I didn't do a good job of taking any screenshots or anything. We'll give some proper shout outs next week. Just know that I fucking love hearing from you. And it felt awesome. so good hearing some of the amazing messages we got this week. Uh, we'll actually come back to one of them, but before we do, just want to mention a couple other things. Normally, here's where I would plug the shit out of the GearBuds Reverb Shop, but uh, my friends, cupboards are dry. They're There's bare. nothing up there. Nothing. Everything's sold right now. Feels good. Did you get some good feedback at least? I don't know. Didn't check sure. your rating? No, nah, not yet. I should. I, I think I only have five stars, but I actually yeah, am not sure. You know. One of them actually was a Craigslist deal, so didn't oh, even make nice. the sale on Reverb anyways. Just, you know, I had to pull the list. No offense to Reverb, but if you can save on those fees, save on those all fees. All day man. and all night. And uh, so I've got, got some empty spots to fill in my heart and in my guitar case. Might be a so couple more things coming up soon. I'm, I'm going to sell a couple more things. I'm going to sell the SVT. Look out for that. That'll be coming, folks. Uh, maybe I'll actually sell all the pedals that I boxed up to get rid of and never actually listed. We'll see. I've got some mics that I'm thinking about. Maybe the theremin. I never touched that thing. Yeah, just sitting there. Just sitting there gathering dust. Maybe I can just buy another guitar that will gather dust. Mm. But anyways, that's that. Black Friday deals are currently popping off. So uh, it's not Black Friday yet, but it's they're they don't care. They're just doing all the deals. Already. Yeah, my inbox is full freaking out. <laughs> I the only one that I saw so far that I really felt like is worth mentioning is that uh, neural DSP. Their plugins are currently all 50 percent off. Oh, wow. Which is pretty dope. 
and I'm thinking about buying the one that had the synthesizer uh, built in because that was sick. I got a deep cut for you guys. I don't know if anybody uses uh, ultimateguitar.com. Uh, wowzers. It's, Anytime I'm looking for tabs, which I, is never because I don't play in standard. Yeah, I, yeah, that's true. You don't. Um, I enjoy, you know, rim bimming around uh, Hell yeah, dude. on the old internets. Uh, it's like 90% off right now. I think it's like a What doll- does paying get you? Uh, it gets you just access. You don't get all the pop-ups and stuff. and like. Um, I don't believe it. Uh, that's what I do. I you pay know. for ultimateguitar.com? I think I did. I think it was like two dollars a month or something. Damn, like but I think now it's like a dollar for like six months. It's something ridiculous. You think you know everything about your bud, and then you find out he's an ultimateguitar.com oh, subscriber. Wow, I mean, I have the app, and you haven't shared the login. But damn, dog. <laughs> can, can we do get multiple me, get logins me on your Netflix? Plan. Get the Netflix style. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. I um no, but I do. I do really enjoy, especially the this friends time and of bandmates year. fucking uh, family plan for the ultimateguitar.com. Something about fall winter, and I just love staying in Rim on a weekend, and just and 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 I'll pull it up on the big screen, and you just on pull the up. big screen. Oh yeah, because then you can oh. stand there, and you don't you're not squinting. I I have the bad eyesight. I'm M- Mandy married the mole. I'm a mole. Wow. And um, I stare straight ahead, and I can just play right along with the song right there. So, it's do you like blow it up too? Yeah, full screen. How do you scroll? How do you make the screen scroll? That that's the tricky part. You gotta zoom out enough to where you can get like the majority of it, mm. and then maybe scroll during like an instrumental break. Or something. It's hard. That's you gotta a, be quick. That's, that's a challenge. If with I the had tab some world. kind of foot pedal, you know, what I could do is hook a mouse to my toe with a little and little scroll wheel. the scroll wheel. The scroll wheel. I with could your do that. That's not a bad toes. idea, actually, dude. I've tried a lot of different things throughout the There are, there are, yeah, of course, if you have a MIDI controller, you can program it yeah. to do that. There is now that we, I think we even talked about it. Nathaniel was kind of pushing that one YouTube uh, pedal. That's right. And I guarantee you could use it to scroll if you had it, mm-hmm. if you had to. I, I would believe so. But I would much prefer to see you concoct some sort of mouse. I'm pretty slick, dude. Mouse shoe. I'm pretty seamless. Jumping from the first verse to the chorus. Dude, imagine ha- instead of, instead of that, just put a mouse on your pedal board. And then right. next next to your like expression pedal, you've got a fucking trackpad or a or a, a, a Microsoft what, Sidewinder. One of those you've balls. got an old joystick on there. That would I mean shit you, like that would work, that. man. Just an oversized like scrolly wheel. I I think we're onto something. We are onto something, dude. We were also onto something else. I think this. I want to install a new feature as a sub 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 segment, which we haven't done in a while. Okay, new sub, we, sub, we've been sub, sort sub, of. We've been sort of doing this unofficially for a while, and I would call, and I kind of, we'll come up with a, a cool kooky name for it. But I kind of am thinking about it as the rare find of the week okay. that we share because recently we've been talking mostly, frankly, from well strung guitars. <sighs> this time it was not well strung guitars that we were talking about this week, though. It was actually Les Paul's personal 50th anniversary white custom was there an article based around this or did you just happen to come across it on reverb i just came across it wow. on the verb i sometimes just do a, a les paul search and then sort price high to low i deleted the les paul search from my uh, you know appropriately yeah, deleted sure. it from my so i don't get to see those anymore which uh, yeah i don't i don't have them in the feed yeah. that that's like a once in a while but you can I'm just, just do it see okay. what's going on tell us and uh it is it, so it's like the, the most famous pictures of of Les Paul himself in like modern times are all with this one particular white Les Paul custom that they made for him at the in the custom shop as the 50th anniversary of the Les Paul model. And so he did a bunch of photo shoots with it towards the end of his life. He's using it a lot and like uh, for his like standing gigs that he mm-hmm. would do. What was that there? Uh, Iridium. I don't remember where he played. Yeah, in New York. but he would do those like New York jazz gigs. Basically, he had a weekly gig, yeah. and and this was the guitar. Uh, on reverb for sale currently. Do you remember what it what was listed at? A uh, hundred thousand. It was two fifty. Woo! Yeah. 
That's that's a lot of coin, that's baby. That's a lot of coin. Four, and it, 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 I will say in terms of case candy, the coolest yeah. I've ever seen. Agreed. Because not only is it like the actual Gibson Custom Shop writing a personal note to the man himself, Les Paul, with all that sort of stuff. There's signatures from him, signed photos of him totally. with like like really just like the original the original print of the photo like the the proof photo that they yeah. used to make the famous one that we all know where he's sticking his tongue out like all sorts of crazy stuff and of super vintage old photos of him signed like really really neat memorabilia comes along with this as well as of course you know certificate of authenticity it's a must have for the les paul collector if you're a les paul head and both guitar and guitarist name it's probably the peak of the mountain right up there. i don't know what else there is right maybe i mean like other than the log and stuff that's just like in museums at this point so he played this yeah i think it's an 05 guitar right it would have been a 02 02 okay that's great. right because 50 yeah, 50th 50th anniversary 52, yeah. yeah that makes sense um yeah what did he what else did he play he I, was toward the, the the guitar that he want, got into mostly latter days was the recording and professional models that had the big low Z, right? You know, um, big impedance honking, yeah. honker pickups on there, and he he really liked people. Those were that was sort of like where he evolved his playing and stuff too. You know, there's a Les Paul documentary, and I don't think I've ever covered it for Dave's mm. Docs. I might have to go back and rewatch that. Now, as an owner of a vintage Les Paul yourself, or as some I, might call. Not vintage because sure. apparently people have weird. We can definitions argue over where that. Yeah. George Grun himself won't call a guitar vintage unless it was from before 1968. Well, George Grun is from that, 1948. That was wild so that in the vi- in that video, which he's an amazing guy. Don't get me oh, wrong, but yeah. hearing the, him say that was I know, like I the guitar's not funny. vintage if it's from after 1968. I was like, hmm, hmm, okay, okay. I could, but then he talks about the difference between vintage and collectible. That is is neither here nor there. That Les Paul is very cool. Yes, I could see it sitting for a while. It's a lot of money, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking burst money. Overburst, yeah, money, really, right. So, yeah, it's definitely burst money. Um, what would I rather have? I think we know the answer to a that. Freaking Winnebago and uh, fourteen yeah. vintage Les Pauls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. actually, a collection of guitars. But it's it's still really cool to see something like that. Yeah. So. If you had to be given an annoying, and I know that this is an inside joke, but folks, welcome to our inside jokes. If you had to get yourself your own SX vintage collection, yeah, where someone gifted you a, co- a collection of only basically like Shit, one. Cheap. And so, folks who don't know, there's this between me and Davis, just like the epitome of of cheesy collector is this one picture or set of pictures you sent me that yep. you had seen of this guy who like had this just like ridiculous collection of. Decent, but like knockoff blue jazz basses. Yeah, if you guys know the SX series, yeah. uh, they were really popular in the early two thousands and mid two thousands. But the um, he yeah he was on Talkbase and he posted his collection, quote unquote, and it's every it's it's fifteen or 16? it was over fifteen, over fifteen blue, all the same blue, <laughs> all the same white pickguard, and then jazz basses, not even like peas, no, not like other weird. No, stuff. I believe they were all jazz basses. And then some were maple and some were rosewood. That was probably yeah. the only difference. But boy, I mean, it was, you know, that's what? Two grand worth of like crappy guitars? Well, these days it's a lot more than two that's grand. True. That's true. That's true. He made so quite the investment. You, if you had to be bestowed at 15 to 16 of the same type of thing. Yeah. They, you, and they have to be like all matching. Yeah. Let's stick with it. What are you getting? Oh, man. I mean... It you doesn't know, have to be a guitar, by the way. You can you could say something. Different. Oh, well, that changes everything. Um, tube screamers, the same one. 
Well, I don't know. Could you? Can you at least vary like the uh, the models? Okay, I see what you're. So you're just gonna. Okay, I see what I see. What I you're don't know. Here. I mean, yeah, the guy like, with the SX like vintage t- that was vintage as far as screamers. It gets. Okay, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I feel like you have an answer already. That's why you're well, I didn't. But not, now that now that we're sitting here, I came up with one. Okay, I want I want vintage Marshall uh, full stacks. Okay, like give me like a full wall, just twenty of vintage Marshall, Marshall sacks. full stacks because like and they all everything. sound different. That's that's a good answer. And then you'd have a fucking. And then you'd have a wall, Ingve Marshall stacks, and, right? Like or Slayer or Angus Young or something. Well, yeah, if you could vary them, like between the artists. You yeah, know, the, I don't uh, want anything newer than a JCM eight hundred. Get the like, Lemmy one. JCM eight hundred back to Plexi. Right. Give me give me sixteen of those mothers. I like that. What do you got? Are you going to switch it up? Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, you know, knowing what I know now. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight. Uh yeah, I, you know something like the uh, like Ampegs would be cool, like an Ampeg SVT or something. A whole wall SVT or V4s, even V4s would be no, cool. No, dude, a fucking because you'd run them uh, together. Uh, Mesa four hundred pluses. Ooh, I dude, I saw a good deal on one of those recently. Did you for like eight or nine hundred? That is a good. That's deal. That's a really good deal. Dang, I do not need that amp, but nobody does. But they're so cool. They are cool. If you want to rim them like Mr. Built Paul like himself, Sir Paul Sir himself. Paul. Uh, dude, this is a fucking hodgepodge of a symphony here. Where I'm just going to keep on pushing. Uh, I found uh, this is, I would say, sort of symphony relevant. And it's not that it's a correction, but it's a, an amendment to something that we've discussed previously. Mm. Do you remember recently we talked about a new trio of Paul Reed Smith pedals? Yes, indeed. And do you remember that one of the pedals had a really weird name? Yeah, but I could not name it for you right well, now. Well, if you if you like Dave, also cannot remember bad what ass, we're talking right? about. I don't. Well, I'll leave that up to you in this as I remind <laughs> you what it's called. It is the Paul Reed Smith horse meat. <laughs> Did people get upset about it? Oh, probably. Oh, okay. I thought that might have been the uh, topic. No, right? the 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 follow up here is that. I know now why it's called the oh, horse meat. Please. And I was watching uh, some sort of interview uh, with Mr. Not Sir, Mr. Paul, Paul Reed Smith himself. Yeah. And uh, these pedals, of course, came up. And first of all, I should say we were talking about the one pedal was something like it wasn't called Wind Cries Mary, but it was like something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. I kind of remember. That. He said that it has nothing to do with Jimi Hendrix. Come on, guy. You're not fooling anybody. I think he's, it came to him in a dream or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that horse meat is their response to the Klon Centaur. Oh, the, cool. Which is, you know, the horsey pedal has the horsey on there. And I it, mean, and this pedal, he you know, turns theirs into horse meat. How appropriate because you might be looking for one or not. I am. You messaged me the other day. It got me all right, excited. Right before you got here, I got an alert that. Um, so I also have been going down the rabbit hole of YouTube comparisons of different types of clones and clones again, which I've done many times over the years. Sure. And I've kind of I the Wampler Tumnus was already number one in my brain I like in terms of clones. I've tried that one. I really like how it sounds. It does what I like out of what people think the clone is supposed to do. However. I, I watched a really solid comparison with there were like 10 different clones included and then there was also a real gold clone in the mix and uh, one I really liked which they actually no longer make but is available to use for still a decent price is the way huge conspiracy theory 
I can't say I've heard that one. It's uh, a more one of their more modern, but it was a very limited release. I pedal. love the name of that. I know it's perfect, yeah. and it and it's gold with the like sort of red cool. knobs, like the Klon Centaur, yeah. the original gold one. And um, I got an email from Reverb saying that the one I'd been watching uh, was dropped for Black Friday sales. Then I was like, wait a second, that's new. Went and checked. Even the used prices are under a hundy for some of them. Oh, just scoop one. So up, I think God. I'm. I think I'm going to scoop one. Uh, I'm all, I might also still get a Tumnus because I can get that, you know, for cost or whatever, but, um, the, the conspiracy theory it, and it's not, and it's, it's not the one that everyone has already. And it still sounds, I'm sure they good. sound different from each other too. They all sound just slightly different, but you yeah. can still get them to do the same kind of thing. And I, the thing I like out of a clone is the like juicy John Mayer, like a lot of sustain on a clean sound kind of thing yep. where it's just like a boost more a than boost, like a lot yeah. of gain which some people like it like it's not a crunchy some people like pushing it into the crunchy thing right. too for me i i like it as like the clean boost thing um and this nails that so dude i, I, I love it and i i did have a bit of a, a bummer this week trying it's my own stupid stupid fault i tried to buy a freaking even tight h90 thinking that they're out already and it turns out they're not going to be coming out for months mm. so um i got a I just I've got some potential band reunion stuff happening going on right now and I've got this like itch to rebuild a pedal board for You don't it. know how excited this is making me though. Me too, man. Cuz I I when you start getting excited about like something first of all I think your talents are being wasted by not playing with the band right now mm-hmm. or at least some other fellows. Um two, you it means you get to geek out and buy some new stuff or yeah. rearrange some stuff that already existed. Oh, def. Um, so that's exciting for me because I'm really excited just to hear about like what you end up using. We haven't. I mean, we our last our last like recording session was a ten was ten years ago. That's fine. And so it's like a lot of re- remembering, you know, how the parts went and how to like play and stand yeah. tuning. Again. Yeah, this isn't even about like what yeah. what sounds you want. It's more like, am I going to play the parts right? Yeah, exactly. Relearn and then like have to sing and scream and because it's a heavy band and stuff. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, anyways, I think I do think I want the clon to be part of the sound for that for this reunion can i do a quick update slash touch and tips real quick dude i love a touch and tips. last week i was talking about that maestro fuzz pedal yeah copy weren't sure how you felt about it wasn't sure i felt played it over here it sounded great took it home did not sound great you recommend it and i'm such a dumb dumb Hmm. put a nine volt battery in it you silly silly man (laughs) and i did and i bought two duracell nine volt batteries one for that and one for my copper top there's something weird with the electricity in my apartment specifically. So not having to plug that into the wall made all the difference. So I just want to give an mm. update. If you're not really happy with your fuzz sound or you're getting a lot of noise and a lot of feedback, I know this is like super basic one-on-one, but try the... I, I'm, I've always been against like uh, batteries because I don't trust them. Well, yeah, they're, they're going to die at the worst moment. Right. But I will say... Holy shit! I'm in love with that pedal. It sounds yeah. fucking awesome. So love uh, that. Just that's to give a, a that's quick a great. Update. That's a great tip. Yeah, I would say as as I'm sh- as I don't need to remind you, but I'm going to remind the world. If you take that tip, just remember to unplug from the input jack of yes, your pedal because when you're not using it. Once that's why if you've ever noticed a, on most pedals, the input is a stereo uh, jack and the output is a mono jack. Sure, it's a stereo jack because one of those legs is used to then cut the battery right when you're not when you're using it or not using it. So that's why you unplug and then it's not sending creating a circuit to the battery anymore. Also, a, a tip for anybody who plays active bases, which Same I know tip. we've talked about before. So. That's right. Which is probably why I mean my first one of my first bases was active and it died once. So I think that's. 
Dude, it's you, like PTSD. You had that trauma early on. I did. And I not, learned from it. Yeah, you've never you've never let go, which is uh, you know good for you. Well, <laughs> well done. Uh, you also have another tip that I wanted to get into, and that was you wanted to talk a little bit about winterizing guitars and, and talking to the folks about uh, the the change of the seasons happening. I here. did well. I want to talk about the change of the seasons, and and we can get into the depths of like winterizing a guitar, humidifying mm-hmm. guitar, whatever you want to explain it. But I have a very I have a particularly cold living room. Okay. I, we have high ceilings and it just if no matter if we put the heat at 75 it'll be 65 in the living mm-hmm. room so it's it's nice when you're you know curled up in blankets but when you have gear sitting out it's not great dude and hold, hold, i'm you just gave me the greatest idea uh, hold on I'm, gear blankets i mean that that's a thing right i, I don't know now it is it's i mean i know specially designed cloaks that go over your guitar while it's on the stand and then you just keep it warm and dust not a bad idea like a down blanket on your on your amp or something, something that, like that won't that won't scratch that will scratch it up yeah mandy's but quite handy with a with she's a handy with the sewing machine, sewing machine i know so i might be able to mock something up Let's see if i could mock up i'm something. just picturing something that yeah anyways okay no it's uh so i i think i texted the other night i was like i'm getting all this shit out of my living room because it's mm. you know for us in chicago here and i'm sure other fellows and ladies in the midwest it is uh getting colder and it's like 25 <sighs> degrees out right now it's cold so like i woke up this morning and, um, you know, we leave the heat at like 70 because our bedroom will be baking if we turn it up too mm-hmm. high. So the living room was 62 degrees. That's cold. That's not warm. It's not good. So luckily the other night I got the Les Paul and I got my Strat and I just put them in the other, the second bedroom we have, which mm-hmm. is much more insulated. It's in the center of the apartment. Are you, are you leaving any of your bases at the space right now or are those all at home with you? Uh, yeah, my P base is P there. Base is at but the I haven't had any issues with temperature in there yeah. we had the whole issue last year where it went up to 90 it went up to 105 it got so fucking hot from 55 yeah that was a whole that was an issue that we fixed we put a vent uh that we can adjust up in mm-hmm. the thing but anyways yeah so we're good there but i will say yeah everything now is in my second bedroom the only thing i haven't moved yet which is maybe the most important i don't know second most important is my vox my vox is still out in the living room yeah i, I wouldn't worry as i would not worry about I, that i much. do worry about flipping on cold tubes Nah, right isn't nah. that something or is this a myth dude that is that uh, it's first of all you're not uh, maybe i would worry about turning it on straight fresh off of like the back of a truck that has been in like subs sub okay z- sub so you're, freezing you're temperatures. thinking like low 60s we're not really dog no the those things, and they i mean what do tubes do they get hot so like right they're just gonna warm up there's gonna there's gonna is it the cold to hot that people freak out about though or is it the condensation the on the thi- wire the, the th- i'm not even the thing like i'm not even as worried about the cold for instruments honestly it's the humidity mm, yes with cold comes a drop in humidity and yes we all know wood very dry is needs a lot of water yep and so when you don't have water with it that's when your frets pop out and the tops crack yeah. and stuff bows and bellies and does weird shit because wood is moving around and it's losing all the humidity that it's supposed to have. So the cold, the, the, the cold shift in temperature thing, that's bad. If you've got like a fresh nitro finish, of course, like, Oh yeah. And then you pop that thing out, it's going to check and be bad news. But like, I also kind of like that. I know I do like that. So it's like, unless you've got a PRS, but if you know, if if it's your brand new PRS or something like that, but with the yeah, it's more so the humidity. So I yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't worry again about that as much with the with the amp. I don't think that's I don't think that's that big of a thing. Okay. And especially because the, I mean, if you're still going to be playing out in that room anyways, like just fucking leave the amp ready to go. Well, that's the bring thing. Bring the guitar with you. Also, yeah, I've run out of room in that other bedroom for for, <laughs> for stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm just I'm hoping I can just leave. And I do have a cover on it. I don't know what's that what that's really going to do. 
but it's got the leather cover on it so you know it is, it, it, it's embroidered too it's nice it sure it's, is it's a nice cover it is a nice cover but uh, maybe maybe a, a guitar coats is a new thing dude we got to come up with a snappy name for it like um like uh axe slacks or something like you know pants for your guitar yeah uh but not that like more but the jacket the that guitar gloves axe, axe slacks the love glove the love glove uh, I don't know. We'll don't know. we'll put a pin in that. But, um, but yeah, keep an eye on your room. Make sure it doesn't get too cold. If maybe you throw your, a guitar g- blanket on there. Stuff out there, dude. This one, uh, this is again. We're just fucking everywhere. I don't care. Uh, probably because there's really not that much. We're just gear, having a ball. New gear this week to talk about. Uh, in fact, there's very little. This is a very dry new gear week. So we're just kind of leaning into the gear adjacent stuff. This happened. Uh, normal. We haven't had one of these in a while. Where um, I just had to highlight a really awesome uh craigslist post mm, i think i know which one because it is. this might be it might be my favorite photo <laughs> yeah. i've ever seen with listing it was for a korg b1 which is like a sort of older okay-ish uh synthesizer keyboard sort of deal and it's uh, according to listening it's in great condition 88 fully weighted key electric piano with great feel and sound comes with sustain pedal but no usb or midi only headphones out please call steve now, one, there's one photo with the listing, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my best to describe it to you and the folks in the world. I know you've seen it already. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a panorama. Now, for those of you unaware, uh, panorama is where you take your phone and then you just sort of like swir- you turn to the side and then it just like takes kind a, of big, long, a long, mm-hmm. wide photo. Yeah. So this man decided this was the best route to properly illustrate his piano to us now if you've ever used the panorama <laughs> on your phone you might know that especially on the older phones which it appears that this was yeah uh it, it can sometimes distort things in in, in a in a, in a looks funny warped. way so yeah this keyboard um it's it's a v-shape yes it's not supposed to be a v-shape it's but it's, a, it's a, a v-shape keyboard. every like it as far as i can tell right in the middle there's one really big black key <laughs> Uh, some of the other keys are definitely severed and sort of all over kind the all place. Over. Well, yeah, because then you get the part where it mixes multiple photos together. Which very deeply happened with yeah. this. Because if you think about a key bed, that's one of the hardest things to nail perfectly yeah. with that sort of technology. Of course. So now, mind you, again, one photo, just as panorama. I've only described the left half, 50% of the photo, because the other 50% has nothing to do with the keyboard. Yeah, it's the room. For some it's reason, like the jam room or something. Not only is it the jam room, it is a little sleeping chihuahua over on the side. I did not catch well, the sleeping chihuahua. Which I'm glad then that I have a screenshot here for you, There's for a, you to take a look. It's like a little Easter egg. Because the other half of the photo Aww. is a sleeping chihuahua. And that can't be That's an super cute. That's super cute. I, and let me ask you, uh, the Korg is—is is it a Korg, right? It is the Korg B1 for a hundred bucks. Good deal. I don't. I mean, if you don't, if you really need, is that just like a, a MIDI controller? No, that's the thing. It doesn't have MIDI or USB. It's older, so it's just oh. like an older Old sort synth. of synthesizer keyboard. You know, not like a synth. It's more focused on like electric piano and oh, like real okay. like chorus acoustic piano sounds yeah, okay. and whatnot. Uh, so right. yeah, but if you don't have anything else to play on and you feel like driving out to Hammond, Indiana, that's a, that's a, a deal you could get. Oh man. I'm just going to keep this moving. There's so much in here. Uh, freaking Fred Durst has met the Durst burst. Yep. 
This big, goes back. This this news. means a lot to us. It's, we have a personal connection to the Durst burst, as many do at this point, because it, we went to Nam where it was unveiled, and uh, we got to hang out with it. Got at to the, see it in person at the Daredevil booth. Stood one foot away from it. Oh, maybe you know, give it a little little poke, and uh, not only that, but then we also posted a photo That's of the right. Durst burst and from Nam, which was liked by Fred Durst himself That's on right. Instagram. So I so again we're basically one 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 uh, degree away from Fred Durst. We basically have hung out with Fred. We Durst. We basically are best friends with Fred Durst. He has now hung out with the Durst burst. That's awesome. Some there's a long story. It doesn't really matter. You can check it Did out. Did we if you mention want it's, to. it's Chibson? Is the name of the uh, the bill or the guest Chibson? The yeah. So they're like or, his organization, yeah. which the guy's name is like fucking Johnny USA or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, his uh, yeah, he somehow figured out a time or a friend of a friend knew Fred was going to be somewhere like an after party, after show, after at a bar somewhere. And they brought the, they had to bring the guitar. And now there are photos of Fred with the Durst burst. And and I guess the story is that he, uh, at first he admitted, he was like, yeah, I really felt that this was like some really like truly, truly deep, deep trolling that you're doing to me. And so he like, didn't like it, but now he like sees the humor in it and thinks that it's awesome. Well, I mean, if you see it, you know, cause like, uh, you know, for people who don't follow Chibson, it's it's an awesome page to follow on Instagram. It's the best, yeah. He's uh he's basically a graphic designer who comes up with like these ridiculous you know uh, little advertisements. I yeah. guess they're kind of are. They're so surreal. So, so you would good. see it's that weird. from his page. You'd be like, oh, he just they photoshopped my face on a Les Paul. Yeah. Big deal. No, really, it's, it's a, a real. real in fact, there are guitar. two Durst bursts. Are there? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, he had it made. And, and I guess he, he claims that he doesn't remember the dream, but he woke up from a dream with the words Durst burst in his head and then Perfect. just had to make it happen. So uh, uh, I love being able to close the loop on that one. Yeah. I feel like we can delete our Instagram now. Full circle. Yeah, full burst. And uh, here's here's something that they that made my brain want to burst. I'm, I'm, I would bet you didn't hear about this, but I feel like it's worth mentioning on this show. Uh, there was a Metaverse OzFest recently. Really? Where they had this like Metaverse only OzFest, they called it, but... I watched some of it like because you can watch clips. Okay. And I like read a review of it and I could it to me. I can best compare it to like in terms of overall quality uh, like Guitar Hero on PlayStation 2. Yeah. Something. Yeah. It looked horrible. I was going to go even one more like the something for nothing video like the. uh um, or like, oh, money for nothing. Money for nothing. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For kind of. That's a good song similar. Too. Yeah. Uh, but the, and so then there was like a quote unquote Aussie performance, which was just them playing an Aussie song, and then not even the whole band. They just had a, like a a crude 3D metaverse Aussie perform it, but like not really. There was also a Motorhead song where they had like a crude Lemmy That's standing right. on stage, which Can't was weird. That. All right. Then Lemmy. for Megadeth. They didn't even bother making a 3D Dave Mustaine. They just played a video on a screen hmm. that you could watch. And, and so and it's, I don't, we don't have to get into like the metaverse because I still don't really know what it is. But you just strap a fucking VR to your face yeah, and, and you play a shitty video game. It's uh, it's That's the Sims, it but it's like 3D 
but way shit way shittier yeah and more way more expensive and like with weird fucking monkey nfts hanging around oh there's a lot of nfts well it's the fucking metaverse where else are they gonna stick that shit so why did they do this and did you have to pay to get in i don't know i mean that i can i can never begin to answer why they do anything with the metaverse yeah uh, I don't know. I I don't. I, that's a good question. I because I I don't own the like Oculus goggles, so mm. I I have don't no interest in. I've got an old set. I wonder if they would work. Probably not. They're very specific. It's only for like now. the new ones, and yeah. even the new ones aren't that expensive anymore. They've gotten a lot cheaper. Yeah. But I and I've had and I've had different VR goggles in the past, but none of them. Yeah. I, and I and I'm actually pro VR for like gaming and certain oh, things. It's but fun. Just to like yeah go be in a shittier version of a video game and then right. hang out in what you're calling the metaverse as and buy like a hundred thousand dollar property that you don't actually that's live the in. crazy part people are buying real estate real now. estate Oof. uh you know what else people are buying uh, this week a bunch of freaking kirk Cobain stuff i saw something about the pedal okay so not only did a pedal sell a the guitar DS1, sold, right we're gonna start with the pedal uh yeah so Kurt Cobain's and 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 so it let's be clear it is a DS1 not like the DS1 the dude had a number of different pedals yeah, that's right break all which is the big the misconception that right. he only had one so um I'm I think this might be I'm not exactly sure but as far as I can tell this might be the most expensive pedal that's ever sold at auction because uh I you might recall we talked about um months and months ago Jimi Hendrix's Roger Mayer built uh, his Octavia the one that he used right. for Band of Gypsies that sold that was $70,000 back in <clears throat> December 2020 um this was a DS1 uh, on the and and this is why because it was like definitely customized by Kurt himself. He wrote um, on, or on the bottom. There's a sticker. Sorry, Dave. Trigger warning that says it's only right and natural. And then on the side, stickers it, on pedals are cool. I, I agree. Yeah. On the side, it says Kurt was here. He wrote mm-hmm. like in a mar- sharpie. And then on the top, it he says misspelled Nirvana. 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 Yeah. Which is kind cool. of funny. Um, oh, before we get to the price of this, I want to say uh, for a couple things. One, first of all, a pick sold during the same auction. One of his picks. One of his Dunlop Tortex picks used in the same session as the guitar that we're going to talk about. Prove it. There is some. There is some sort of provenance somehow, and it's framed. How much do you think that pick went for? I want to. I want just the guess. pick. Just the pick. Oh man, uh, I'll just say like a thousand bucks. Five thousand seven hundred and sixty dollars. Um, would now, you smell it? I'd lick it. I would too. I'd play it. I would definitely play it. I wouldn't take it out of the house though. I'd take it out of the house. Fuck. No, I don't think I, I don't would think either. I would. Uh, so let me, before we get to the price of this pedal, I just want to mention two years ago, we talked about another yeah. one of his DS ones that sold. Do you remember what the price was for that? I thought that was like, like 25 grand or something like that. $9,000. Okay. Yeah. So not even close. Uh, and again, we already know we the talked Hendrix about recently. Seventy. His guitars are the most the highest selling guitars of all time, right. which was the uh, that D eighteen was four point five million, and uh, or I'm sorry, the Mustang was four point five million. The um, D eighteen that he used from Unplugged that was six million. So world's most expensive guitar. Now, all that said, Dave, what do you think that this DS one sold for? I want to say one hundred and twenty five thousand. Yeah, that's a good guess. Seventy five, which oh, okay. is still utterly wild it's crazy dude seventy five thousand dollars um now again 
same auction mustang that that he smashed at this peel session the same one there's a lot of famous mm-hmm. photos of it um it was uh, smashed on stage in 1989 sold at auction um we'll get to the price later uh it was um a guitar that was destroyed when the young nirvana took the stage july 9th at the sonic temple in wilkinsburg pennsylvania uh, i guess he only played it twice what year in uh, 1989 mm. uh and he uh they were touring for bleach at the time so cool. i guess he got this guitar uh then <laughs> smashed it on the, on stage then four days later smashed another guitar a, a univox that he had and then he didn't have an electric guitar for nirvana's the rest of the tour so then at the time they had a second guitar player kurt just sang yeah for the rest of the the rest of the tour wow and the other guitar player played that. all the guitar i knew they parts. had the other guitar player for bleach but yeah that's funny now i guess at the gig where they smashed the guitar some guy called sluggo collie member of a band called hullabaloo which doesn't sound like a real sentence um cobain stayed with this guy after the show while there spied a gibson an sg on the wall and was like hey i want that can we trade then they they brokered a deal where Collie received the wrecked Mustang and Cobain got the slightly less smashed but easily repairable SG, which he then went on to play in some future gigs. I don't think I've ever seen him play in an SG before. I haven't either. That's cool. But as a sign of gratitude, while uh, they made the deal, Cobain signed the Mustang to this guy and wrote, Yo, Sluggo, thanks for the trade. If it's illegal to rock and roll, then throw my ass in jail, Nirvana. Cool. What did it sell for? The smashed guitar? Mm-hmm. What are the specs on it? Do they have 73 the specs? Mustang. 73. So it's probably not a matching headstock. Okay. Um, and, and it's smashed. Oh, half a million. 486. Woo. Four. Give me those taxes. Give me that half a Dude, million. Yeah, you were right there. Right with shipping that and was tax right, right yeah. there. Reverb's got to get a cut. It's on Reverb? No, Heritage. No, it was, it was some other, yeah, yeah. Some other private okay. auction deal. Well, still. Got to pay that auctioneer. Pretty wild, huh? Uh, that doesn't... Man, so, I mean, so Nirvana has, or Kurt Cobain, I guess you could say, has the biggest collection of gear that's been sold for the highest amount of money pedal and guitar as far as i can tell do you remember what the roger waters uh strat not roger waters the david oh, gilmore david strat gilmore one black, for black one yeah mm, like, i thought that was like three million or something yeah so like half like yeah. half of what the highest wow. selling one was probably Jeez. yeah it's crazy People are people really love Nirvana, and it's amazing to me that now that those those uh, what are Gen Zers, I guess Gen yeah. Xers, no Gen Zers are the Zoomers. Gen Xers, they've got the, they've got cash now, so they're willing to buy all right. their their hero stuff. It was it was Clapton and 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 uh, freaking Gilmore. Now it's going to be Nirvana and Gavin Rosdale's uh, uh, hair bonnet. I don't know. <laughs> Gavin Rosdale rules. What who who? What do you think would be next? I mean, this is the thing, like. Because, I mean, Bieber. rock and roll. Bieber's, Bieber's, uh, Bieber's like joggers. Acoustic or, yeah, like his gym shoes or something. Oh, yeah. His, yeah, exactly. His acoustic. Or no, a Taylor Swift acoustic. Are you oh, kidding me? Oh, that would be big. Yeah. That would be massive. That would be massive. But were the, were those artists known to have... It's such a funny thing because like there's now just so much money in, in a different thing behind... Like like if it's the guitar from Bleach, you're like, at the time, you know, uh, they didn't have money. He was smashed a guitar that like he probably couldn't afford to smash. Absolutely. Well, he, yeah, no, he didn't play guitar because he yeah. didn't have one for a right. while. Right, they couldn't just run out and buy yeah. another one. When did he play the Strat, the, the black Strat? Remember with the, the, the sticker on yeah. it? Yeah, that was, I don't I think I, that know, was right around that same time. I was too. never, and and I would still say, still am not, and, I, and I've always really liked Nirvana, but I've never been like the biggest like Nirvana the fan that yeah. knows stuff or like, because it all, I remember, I mean, we, I've definitely told this story on the show before, but I remember the day Kurt Cobain died, not because 
I was a Nirvana fan. In fact, I was too young to even really know or care who mm-hmm. they were. But I remember my older neighbor from two doors down, his him and his like older brother had like the doors open and like Nirvana was blasting. Right. I was like, what's going on as I'm getting home from school? And they're like, Kurt Cobain died. And I was like, oh, that's that's a bummer. That's too bad. And in my brain, I was like, who is Kurt Cobain? Kurt Cobain. Yeah, that's the Kurt Cobain yeah. story. So go back I, to shout out to episode oh, seven with Dan. Exactly. Kurt Yeah, Kurt Um yeah, I mean, I, I I don't remember that day specifically, but I, I was a fan. But it, I became a bigger fan later in life, just appreciating. Like, I love going on YouTube and watching old videos of them performing. Yeah, it's just it is fucking cool. I watched the Metro deal when that when yeah that got that it, one's got cool, and I always go back to the unplugged one, which I think today, oh, yeah. I believe today, not shitting you, does uh, November eighteenth was the day they filmed that performance. Wow. Yeah, I believe. Kismet. Please correct me if Bust I'm wrong. Bust out that acoustic that. behind you there and give us a little ditty. I need an easy friend. I do, flirt you, flirt you, dear. That is one that's really fun to play, actually. Take it and not be able to sing because it's pretty high. You don't. Ha- yeah, you can just gotta like, you just gotta figure it out. You know, just gotta figure it out. You know what else? We gotta figure out a couple more things here in the symphony. This might be the beefiest symphony ever. Which again, overcompensating a little bit. I love it, man. Not much. We haven't gear. had a good, just a good bro hang in a while. Not much you know? gear to talk about today. So it's I'm going to talk about a couple other things. I want to get your take on this. This is a good one here. Can't this wait. is hot, hot, hot action right here. Not sure if this is BFI or GFI, Dave. Are you familiar with the band Behemoth? I've heard the name, but I don't know the music. Super badass metal band. Cool. Really like them a lot. Lead guy, they wear like crazy makeup and stuff. Lead guy is called Nurgle. <laughs> okay. And he did this recent interview with a magazine called Chaos Zine. And uh, they talked about just like the realities of being a musician and, um, you know, basically they were asking for advice for like younger bands, hot, like wanting to make it and do what he does, like what advice he would give them. And I'm going to give you a quote. Don't start any bands. I'm not even kidding here. Don't do it. The world is overwhelmed with bands, with records, with albums. There's really no space there for anything. There's only seven days a week. There's too many tours around. There's too many shows. People don't have and will have less and less money. So all the tours are suffering. Do you really really want to put another song on another album that no one will pay attention to? No, you don't want to do that. Go find yourself a proper job. Finish university, travel, Uh and enjoy life. Don't do this. I feel like he's being a little sarcastic. I don't think he was, man. I really don't. Well, that's a pretty jaded outlook. I think that is. I think that is a jaded the, professional mu- metal musician who, even at the top echelon of metal, unless you're Metallica, it's still not the even, easiest even, life. Yeah, but like James Hetfield would never say something like that. But I'm just saying, like a band like Behemoth, I've seen them live. Okay. I've pe- spent money on their stuff. Like even that, even knowing all of that, I still don't think they're making a ton of money. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not been like a like a glamorous rock and roll or, or maybe they got drugs life. fucked with record deals and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. never know. Totally. You know? Um, I will say this, and I, I think you'll be able to concur. The greatest times I have ever had in my life have been with bands. Yeah, I know what you mean. Either it's re- like really fun rehearsals, mm-hmm. jams, shows, uh, just being on the road and like in like hanging out with friends, all that stuff. Uh, is due to me being in a band and me being a musician. So the question though, isn't about being a musician. It's well, he be, said being be. like a success, trying to like pursue and be a successful, but 
touring artist that's like making your money off of that like i think uh, the joy that you were describing i agree and i felt oh and too, we weren't making money but it's not like because it's because of any success or anything like that it was because you were of the like active yeah creating music not like trying to make your career as being a musician you may or may not have been trying to do that at the time but that wasn't the cause yeah the central part of that joy yeah but i mean you can't just i get what you're saying but i feel like you can't just He's, he's telling people not to join bands. I think he's saying don't do that if your intention is to also then be a touring musician that makes your living doing that. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, but then he's also like get a job, go travel. Yeah. Like, I get that. But no, I I, no, I disagree. Well, that's, I love, but no, I, that's uh, why we love a good debate around here. Yeah. I, I kind of, it's funny, like it's hard for me to say either way because I've like sort of tried to make it my life and didn't, wasn't like. I guess temporarily sort of successful at that, but Do not really. It no, of course not. But I could also see why ultimately it's not right for most people. Sure. Even, even my friends and, and acquaintances that I know now that are still professional musicians and, and some are more successful than others. None of, again, none of them have like as comfortable a life as you probably would even think. Sure. So that's, that's even like being self-insured and all that sort of stuff. It's rough. Oh, absolutely. So I can man. I can see why someone might have have this perspective, but it's still it was still very surprising to me because again, it's not like Behemoth. They're like not a new band. They've been around for a while. They have yeah. a certain level of success where they right. tour the states a lot. And They've all, obviously been here. able to do it themselves. I assume. And they don't I don't know. Jobs. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they do. Yeah. You never know. I mean, you look at a lot of. There's very little money in metal. I think. Sure. I think that's maybe another important facet of this is that they're specifically talking. He is a metal musician, and this is his world, and that's his world. Yeah, so right. and. and it might it might feel a little different if you aren't like trying because yeah again it's just like a lot of those dudes do have still have day jobs i remember i know i've read an interview with misha from um periphery and and he's actually doing quite well and has like fucking mclarens and stuff yeah but it's not because of the band it's because he also produces other bands because he's created plugins he's maybe invested in other sell things. He sell, he's created a pedal company and sells cut, like signature guitars and mm-hmm. amps and all sorts of stuff like that it's like all everything that comes with being in a musician being being a musician being in a touring band yeah having a, a successful musical career he does, doesn't really get a lot of income from that it's all the the periphery oh yeah of that no i would say i mean definitely solid advice if you're just saying don't join a band to think that you're going to get famous mm-hmm. but do it for the camaraderie do it for the love of the music and the love of the instruments like if you've got something to say and if you've got something to say i mean god um we need more of that in this we world do. Actually. i agree so you know i disagree with most of what that guy said but that's fine yeah. um you know Present, i hope it works out for some him. some opinions around here uh, I I disagree with anyone who disagrees with this opinion, and that is uh, it's time for a Dolly Watch update, and that's our girl Dolly Parton is back in the news again. Even though we just talked about her last week in that custom, yep. bedazzled, bedazzled Mitchell uh, guitar. guitar yeah. This week it has come out that um, and look, let me let me start off by saying I am maybe the last person on earth who's ever going to come out and say really positive stuff about Jeff Bezos, but. This week, it, is, it was announced Jeff Bezos and his partner, Lauren Sanchez, have given Dolly Parton the Courage and Civility Award, which you might think, who gives a fuck? Why does Dolly what Parton need an award from Jeff Bezos? Sure. Well, let me tell you, when the award's coming from the currently, I think he's the currently the richest man on earth because all the he's whole Elon debacle. Yeah. Uh, when the money's coming from one of the richest people on earth. Uh, or when the award is, it's probably going to include money. Uh, it's a $100 million prize wow. that enables uh, Dolly Parton to do whatever the fuck she wants with it because they trust her and her philanthropy and they trust her to do good things and her and her 
track record of giving and, and all that sort of stuff. They're like, Dolly Parton, here's $100 million. Do whatever you think is best with it to make the world a better place. So she doesn't have to work nine to five anymore? Oh, wow, Dave. Thank you so much for that. Just had to. That was wonderful. In there. She's been, I guess she's already done, I mean, obviously a ton of stuff. There's something called the Imagination Library, which has donated $150 million I know she's children. extremely charitable. Uh, she gave, just gave a million dollars of her own money to pediatric infectious disease research, has previously donated to Vanderbilt University Medical Center, cool. which they the place specifically that she donated to successfully helped create Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine. Didn't know that, oh. so Dolly like helped get us fixed from COVID. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited to see what she does with that money. Yeah, and, and we will give Dolly watch. I'm sure most of it symphony. will go to some charity and stuff because she's, she's all of it's going to go to charity. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's it's. Of course, that's gonna, that's not the plus. She's getting that Mitchell either. guitar income now, dude. Dude, she's you know she's getting that Siggy money. I would play a, a bedazzled guitar. Well, Dave, that's a good little segue into this last part of the symphony here before we get to Dave's docs. And okay. this is actually from a listener question. And I thought this was good enough that we should talk about it here in the freaking episode of the podcast, even it. though we've already had like a super mega beef wad. I'm loving here. it, man. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here's Ba-da. the question. If we, we being you, you and me, mm-hmm. Dave, could buy each other Christmas gifts we'd never buy for ourselves... What would it be? I love this, and the, and and I th- believe you saw the question too. This mm-hmm. came via Instagram. One of our good friends, our Black, good friends at Blackworm Instruments. Black, check out Blackworm Instruments, man. Uh, Want to know if we could get each other Christmas gifts w- that we would never get for ourselves? What would they be? I feel like we might need to just set us another maybe boundary in terms of like price or something, yeah, because otherwise yeah. they'll be like a Neve console. Yeah. yeah, I'm like a McLaren. Yeah, so um, it has to be gear related. I'm assuming too. It let's do how, well, let's do one gear, one not gear yeah. each, and we'll say, let's keep it. Let's we'll say fun. We'll just say how about five grand. I like five grand. Because uh, it's not a number. I was thinking the same number. Love it. Okay, so do you have do you have anything in mind? Or do you want to think about it for a um, second? Yeah, think about it for a okay, second. Okay, me too. Because the hard part is that we know each other very well. We also know what we would never buy ourselves, but things that we like. So it's like. I could name 50 things right now that I know you want, yeah. but like you'd probably get them for yourself. Whereas like if well, I had this, the is, money. this is specific, if the money wasn't um, an issue, man, I, I don't do well on these, like on the spot. They're, they're not easy. Podcast I know. questions. It's almost like I wish I had, which is funny. Cause I did see the question earlier in the week and now I'm like, I didn't really think about that at all. I apologize. I didn't either, but that, it's a little better this way sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of more on the spot. Um, I know what I would get you. I know, I, I know what piece of gear I would get you. Okay, I know what non-gear gift I would get you. Okay, I'm, I'll start. Okay. I would get you... So I know that you you definitely want a really nice vocal microphone. But I also know that you would never, again, never spend like up to five grand. So what, what I think I would get you is like a... We'll say like a $2,500 like tube that. mic. Yeah. And like a $2,500 preamp. Wow to go with it so you could have like one super nice super fancy or maybe we'll say three thousand and two thousand you know whatever do the math to like the, get the equivalent thing but like a really nice vocal and like just general s- one really good channel of recording is what i would get that's you. awesome i love that because i know that it's like you have you already have like a pretty good microphone you have a pretty good preamp but you would never like Spend five thousand on yourself just for that, but I feel like you would actually use it. Okay, and put good work. Put, All right, put, put good use to it. I think I have a good one for you on that. All right, 
All right, dude, I, and I appreciate that. I would absolutely, because you know we were talking vocal mics recently, and I'm 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 kind of like I'm kind of in the range where I want to get like a three to five hundred dollar mm-hmm. mic, which we can do a whole other episode about. Oh yeah, um, which hopefully we will if I buy something. But um, we'll see about that. Christmas is coming. For you, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if you were gonna guess this one, and okay. I I like it. I like I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'd get you a very expensive set of V drums. Oh, like a, like one of those like five thousand right, dollars exactly. setups, like yeah. from, you know, garage uh, guitar guitar center. garage center. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously, man, I think because I think you would one. have a blast. Maybe don't have the room. We could clear God, out some space. Yeah. But dude, if you had like the full cage with the symbols and oh like they have the God. quiet symbols and everything and all the sounds, I think you would have a blast. That's a that's a really really the really good one. like feel good one. Totally, because I've seen those ones that are like five or six grand. Oh, those are fun to play. Yeah, the mesh heads and all the whatnot. Yep, everything's bouncy and yeah. awesome. I think you would have a lot. Dude, of that's a, that's a really good answer. Yeah, that is something that I would definitely want. And I as would, much as I want you to set up your real drum set, you know, it's just you can't really bang I've, away. And I've it. had a V drum set that I sold. Sure, like, that was it was like the the like early two thousands version of what you're talking about. It was like a nice one. You but had a nice just one? old. Yeah. yeah, and and with like mesh heads, but they're again they're like the older ones. Yeah. So I've always wanted, but I would never ever in a million years spend five thousand dollars. Oh, dude, on like a fucking gross, the ones I'm thinking of have like V-drum. the uh, they almost look like real symbols with a piece of foam around the edge. Yeah. Yes. And they, but they have like the reflective zones. Yes. Oh yeah. All that. All oh, you can choke them, dude. Dude, that's a great. Okay, so we've got the we've got the all um, right. We've got the gear uh, the gear part down. What would, what did you, you said? You've got the non gear. Yeah, I was thinking non gear because I kind of have non gear idea, and I kind of feel like it might be the same one that you have for me. Oh really? I don't know. Okay. Well, this is fun. Okay. Um, this will be a little harder to find at five grand. Yeah. But I could find something for you. I'd get you a really nice watch, like an IWC. Oh. Like just something to really class it up. Been going yeah. on a few dates lately. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you know wear something out. Maybe some people. No, nah, Rolex is a little out of the. Out yeah, of the, Rolex isn't my style. They're a little played, yeah. but like a nice IWC, something Dude, like that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I that's think a, that's. that's a I think really good I think one. you you would pull that off. Really okay, nice. so it's not the same thing that I was okay. going to say. Although watches is something I would have come to eventually because we do talk watches from time to time. I was going to say, and I know that you're a suit guy, so like you already have yeah. a bunch of different suits, but I would get you like. Like a five thousand dollar custom fucking oh, tailored dude. silk suit. A silk suit. Yeah, like some, pull that silk. I don't like something. Something nice. Something like out of the ordinary. Maybe with a paisley special pattern. Occasions. Dude? Maybe even like a maybe even like bordering into tuxedo territory. Yes. Yes. Maybe a velvet with a crushed velvet lapel Ooh. or something. I'm just saying, like real. I can just picture it. I was just thinking about that the other day, man. I was like, I want to buy another jacket. I have it's, it's so many jackets. You have so many jackets. Going to a wedding in December, I'm like, I would just want to buy a new jacket now. I don't know. I'm not going to do it. But. So yeah, that's I would, and I would get you. You know, obviously uh, I tailor the whole. thing. Oh special, yeah, the whole deal. The whole deal. Come with me. We go hang out at the tailor. Maybe have a couple of have have a couple, couple cocktails, one two of champagne more there. Yeah, I like that, man. Yeah. Oh, that's fun, man. Wow, Shout out to Blackworm, dude. Yeah, that was, that was a cool. good, that was a fun, fun little question. It turns out we both have like these like bougie tendencies for each other. It's like I get you a fucking fancy watch. I'm like I get you a fancy suit. I know we're so fancy, dude. <laughs> know, what's the deal? And then I'm over here in my slides and sweat. <laughs> dude, you got a full fucking grout, full gray grout fit on right now. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that that was a that was I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that that was the beefiest symphony we've ever had. That I love was the it. Full forty piece, the full string section. I hope everybody orchestra. hung out. Okay, now we're back. Dave's Docs. What do you got for us? Hey, gang. Welcome back to hey, Dave's gang. Docs. Hi. Hey, hi. Uh, I watched one that I got very excited what about. What did you get excited and about? And rarely do I pay for a Dave's Doc. Did you sexually? <laughs> sexually, yeah. I sexually paid for this. Mm. I dropped a little cash on this Dave's Uh-oh. Doc. What was it? Because it's available on Amazon only for rental. Randy Rhodes? 
It's the new. <laughs> I no. always think it's going to be Randy Rhodes. You always you do the Randy one. Rhodes one. <laughs> and Probably because I, like, I opened Amazon yesterday. I swear. Saw I the Randy Rhodes doc sitting there. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that. They came out with that Randy Rhodes doc after I already watched the other I Randy know, Rhodes. I know, exactly. Doc. So funny. And that one is free, actually, by the way. I'm is it? Oh, I, it was, anyways, um, recently. This is not free, however. This is one of my favorite bass players of all time. One of the most respected in the industry, I would say. In many. Lee Sklar? Styles. Not Lee does he have one? I don't know. Wait, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Daryl Jones. Oh, the current oh, bass player for the, Stones. the Rolling Stones since 1990. Yes. Daryl Jones has a documentary, everybody. What is it on? 2022. 2022. 2022. Uh, it's, I rented it on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but it, is it on all the stuff? It's like is three it like bucks. One of those things? Yeah, you can rent it like, you know, uh, I'm sure like Apple. On Voodoo or yeah. some bullshit. Yeah, like um, Crackle. Pluto, <laughs> Pluto TV. Anyways, it's called Daryl Jones in the Blood. Daryl Jones in the Blood. I thought I knew everything there was to know about Daryl Jones, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so, I'll get started. Yes, please. He uh, He's from Chicago, so right away, we've got a connection. Southside. Southsider. He went to, uh, he went to CVS, Chicago Vocational, Chicago Vocational You know who else did? Who? Chris Zorich. Oh. Yeah. No shit. That's all, the only other person I could tell you. Um, so what I didn't know was this motherfucker was a prodigy since he, he basically started playing at nine years old. Whoa. His neighbor taught him how to play bass on a six string guitar. And his neighbor now is a, like a totally famous, uh, well not famous, but a, a well-known studio, um, bass player. But he taught him on a six string guitar. He just said, ignore the two top strings. <laughs> I'll teach you how to play bass. Little and did he know he actually just, uh, he actually could have ignored the top four. Exactly. And by, well, it depends. But on, uh, uh, by the time he was 14, he was gigging with grown men at like bars and his mom had to go with him because they wouldn't let him in. Mm -hmm. So it was that kind of whole story, which I love these stories. Me too. So much. It's so cool when, first of all, the family has to totally approve of all this going on. Oh yeah. And what a lot of people didn't know is he actually wore, um, like orthopedic shoes when he was young because he had pigeon toes. Hmm. And so he couldn't play sports. So he was basically like, I'm going to get beat up if I don't have something to make me cool, basically. Like if, you know, if I don't have sports and I don't have, you know, so he picked up music was basically his whole thing. That was his way out. It was. So he picked up music and he basically was found out he was a child prodigy at like, you know, I would say 11 or Mm. 12 years old. At 11 years old, he was listening to like Stanley Clark, Return (laughs) to Forever, like the craziest fucking fusion jazz bass um and his mom would get upset she was like you know why aren't you playing like you know go play ring around the cozy with the yeah, other just like the, with the other children dumb like easy songs but he's like no i want to this is what i want to do so there's a lot of good um a lot of good interviews in this one omar hakeem's in it cool who's that a uh, badass fucking drummer they're close friends actually he said so they kind of start the doc with um they don't really dive right into his past they dive into the Stones thing because I think mm. that's what he's most well yeah, known that's for. How, that's the only one thing I knew. So about. in 1993, became the bass player for the Rolling Stones after Bill Wyman left, and it's so cool because they're interviewing all the guys. Even Charlie Watts is in it, so it's mm. kind of sick. Because I think they probably filmed it a couple of years ago. Yeah. He passed away in 2021, um, but it was such a cool thing because Omar was basically like, he's like, once Charlie Watts plays four bars with you, he's going to know right away that you're the guy. Mm-hmm. And then they were all like. Yeah, once he played four bars with us, we all knew. <laughs> so, like, they didn't talk to each other. It was crazy. He's like, they just felt his vibe right away. He's just So he came from, like, a jazz background, um, blues and jazz background. Mm-hmm. But the jazz background is kind of what helped with playing with Charlie because a lot of people know that Charlie is a jazz-based jazz drummer. So I thought that was fucking badass. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Keith uh, Keith Richards is basically like, you know, as a closet bass player, I, <laughs> I just like watch him play yeah. like on stage and stuff like that. So I thought that was fucking cool. Um, yeah, he did. So in high school, he was doing two periods of music class. Then they would have orchestra. Then they would jam after that. So he was playing music even on weeknights, you know, weekdays through school and then after school. That was like the <sighs> only thing he did five, six days a week. Yeah. Right? So it's fucking really incredible stuff ultimate bone tone that's where it comes from yeah and 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 by the way i i can't express enough what a sweet genuine man he is like just in his interviews he's just so humble he's humble but he's confident at the same time you know that whole thing where he was like he's like yeah i mean i was 14 years old going to these these jam nights you know at these local bars Mm -hmm. these local blues bars or whatever playing with grown men who are professional musicians and coming home at one and my dad was yelling at me about why i got home so late (laughs) And he's like, yeah, but in the back of my mind, I knew like, this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Yeah, didn't matter. So he's like, it didn't fucking matter. Like, I'm not, you know, he wasn't like out partying or anything. He was just strictly playing music yeah. every single fucking night. So that was really cool to see. What was his first sort of break? Um, all right. So you're going to like this, man. So he knew a drummer named Vince and they worked together. Well, Vince was Miles Davis's nephew. No way. So Miles- Vinny, Vinny D? Yeah. We go way back. Yeah. I don't, I don't think his last name was Davis, yeah. but uh, it- I forgot to write down his name, but it's, um, he's, he's totally, you'd recognize his face if you saw him, okay. super famous, insane drummer, uh, kind of a big dude. And basically they were playing together and Vince had this band where Miles would call his mom while they were rehearsing in the basement and say, set the phone down on the stool. I want to hear what's going on in there. And he would just listen for hours on the phone as they just like played jazz licks and jazz numbers and rock numbers, anything they wanted to play. Well, he became friends with um, with him. So it was like, it, you know, him and Daryl became really close friends. And Tim, Miles and, and Daryl, you're saying? Or, well, or no, he, he hadn't met him yet. Okay. Yeah, Miles' cousin and, and Daryl yeah. became very good friends. So basically he's like, look, uh, they did the same thing. Where Miles My, Davis, he got wind that like this kid across the street was this amazing fucking bass player. Mm-hmm. So he calls him. He's 20 years old. And he was home from college. He didn't have a job. He stopped taking like, uh, so he was gigging every night, but he stopped doing gigs where they were paying like 30 bucks. He's like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to make it big. I deserve more than this, which is, you know, 19, 21, 20 year old mentality. Yeah, you it's know, your decision. Like, fuck this. Well, his mom's like, no, if you're going to live in this house and you're home from college, you're going to, and he went to Carbondale. So I think, oh. he, yeah, he was down there. So she was basically like, if you're home from college and you're not, you know, you're not working, you got to have some kind of job. And that night, Miles Davis calls their house and he's like, Hey, put down, put down whatever you're doing. I want to hear you play bass over the phone. <laughs> well, at the time, Daryl was playing the Chapman stick. He was learning how to play that. No shit. Cause I guess he was bored enough with bass at yeah, the time, right. which people don't know. Google the Chapman stick. It's this insane string. Tony Levin. Tony Levin. Um, well, he couldn't find his bass. It was like in the trunk of his mom's car. So he came back and he's like, hold on, I got to run out to the phone. You know, I got to run out to the car. I don't have my base here. And Miles is like, well, how fast can you get to New York? And he's like, it was a Monday night. And he's like, I think I could be there by like Wednesday or Thursday. And he's like, what's taking you so long? So they, he flew him out the next weekend. No shit. Or then, I'm sorry, the next Thanks. morning. No way. Yeah. So like literally goes to New York. They met. He'd never met him before. And he's, he has this story about how like he was kind of telling him to jam some parts and he was playing him some stuff. And he barely even played for him. And he walked out of the room and came back. And he's like, you're the guy. So, and then he played with him for five years after that. Wow. Then he's like, all right, Uncle Miles. I think, uh, you know, everybody called him Uncle mm-hmm. Miles. 
I think I'm going to, I have this opportunity to go play with this guy named Sting <laughs> who just left this band called the police and the police were a huge influence on him when he was in college or, you know, just mm-hmm. in high school. And he's like, I have to take this because Sting started a band where he's of course has to be the front man and play yeah. guitar and they needed a bass player. And dude, the, I'm telling you the footage they show of 20 year old Daryl Jones playing is like the guy rips. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause you would see him playing with the stones now. You'd be like, all right. Yeah. He's, yeah, he holds he's holding it, down. it Dude, he's holding it down. Great. He's playing perfectly. But he he was like a funk master shredder, yeah. slapping pop, wow. like all the crazy shit. Yeah, I've never seen any of that. Oh, dude, it's bass solo. Just Google like Daryl Jones bass solo, and mm-hmm. you'll see so many cool videos. Um, basically, he's like, I'm gonna go play with Sting, and then you know, Miles basically like, well, if you leave, like, you can't come back. Yeah. Like, this is kind of how it goes. Well, he does leave. He tours with Sting for like two years. And then he ends up coming back. <laughs> and he plays with him for like a couple more years. And I will say, I don't know if you know much about Miles Davis's late career, but he was... It was he- weird. He was heavy into the drugs. Oh, yeah. That heavy into the heroin, yeah. The music was like... It wasn't jazz. I mean, it was like jazz and rock, and it was some cool stuff. Yeah. And he was still talented, but you know, he was going through some shit, you mm-hmm. can tell. So I think this was kind of towards the end of that career, and he's basically like, all right, well, he came back, played with him. Then he meets this nice young lady who's been touring for a couple of years named Madonna. Oh, okay. And she hires him to be the bass player for their like live show. Wow. So I think he toured with her for a couple of years and he said that was a cool thing because he got to learn how like a big stage show works. Right. You know, like dancers and like all this choreography, cho- all this choreography, all this stuff of like what's going on, where it, all the stage at all times. So that was fucking cool. And then basically he chilled for a little bit and played some studio stuff. And then, yeah, uh, 93 rolled around and he joined the stones and that's basically been the story. Did they say how he got that, how he got that gig? Uh, how did he get the stones gig? That is a good question. I the, don't like how is the, like, I wonder, I wonder how they're even aware of him or like how I think he was just, his name was out there yeah. and I, he, they obviously knew who he was cause he had played with all these famous sure. people. Um, yeah, that's a really good question though. Bill Wyman quit and they show the news inter- you know, the, mm-hmm. the newscast where they go on and they're like, you know, Bill Wyman, Bill Wyman of the Rolling Stones quit and, you know, they're going to be looking for another guy. They said he was the only guy they played with. They played with him once and they were like, you in. And uh, what's kind of cool is the the album Voodoo Lounge is his first oh. album that he's on. Yeah. Basically, they were like, all right, man, we're not touring or anything. Uh-huh. Here's, you know, 12 new songs. Write whatever you want. And we're going to write these together and kind of. So he basically got a clean slate going into that band. Obviously, he had to learn like, you know, the old songs and yeah. stuff like that for the tours. But Voodoo Lounge was all him. Still and so practicing they, under my thumb in the off days, but he's yeah, right, he's, yeah. Right the, I miss you, baseline, which is like the, which is funny because that's like one of their most hated albums of all time for sure. Voodoo Lounge, yeah, yeah for sure. But if the bass, I remember incredible. my dad going to see them on that tour. They play, I think they play at the Double Door. Okay, they did this like that was this, during like, that. That was that era. They played these like tiny little a few places. Yep. They played tiny little clubs and yep. the, in the Stone. My dad got to see Stones. Oh, uh, did he? He got Double to door. see the, the yeah. Du- yeah, and obviously they play other songs and stuff like yeah. That. Um, yeah, and then since then he started kind of his own thing, um, and it's it's fucking awesome, man. So he, he's had, like, he's got he has, his own solo, solo kinda, project. But, he doesn't want to call it a band, but yeah. it's it's a project, and he sings. He's got a great voice, and he's playing bass on it, obviously. But he's like, I didn't want to just make like a bass heavy like you know funk thing, like a bass player record. No, he's like, I wanted to write songs and like get everybody. Is in it on funky it. though? It's funk music. It's no, it's it's actually more. It's like soul, yeah. gospel, R and B kind of cool. that stuff. So. Um, which is really like his roots, you know, and mm-hmm. everything that he grew up with. So, man, it sounds really good. It was fucking awesome, dude. Tell me, oh. I don't know anything about his gear, dude. What does what does our our friend play? 
we got quite a gear spot list here. Uh, well, for a, for a baseman as yourself, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I'm a real baseman. Uh, what I will say, the first picture they show of him is a very young boy. He's playing a PVT-40. So I'm thinking really? that was one of his first bases. So and that must have been like right when they came out. Yeah, seventies. Like I know. I thought too. I was like, well, geez, you know, he was playing in like by like you know seventy seventy one. He was playing seriously, but yeah, what they show they showed a T forty and he looks like he's fifteen years old mm. in the picture or something. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, then he has like he has his. I don't know if he has his own line, but like in the modern stuff that he was playing with his like his project. You know, because um, I think it says Jones on the headstock or something. So hmm. he might have his own. They cut, they look like fenders, basically. Jazz bass all the way, though. All jazz bass. He's got some P-bass <clears throat> stuff going on. He did some P-bass with the Stones. So, yeah, in the Stones, what does he have? Like, a, is there, like, a special Stones bass? Like, what do people No. Is there just P-bass? He switches up as much as Keith Richards Oh, switches. he does? Okay. Yeah, dude. He's switching pretty much for every song. Hmm. So I'll go down the list here. First of all, I will say the bass he was playing um, mostly when he was getting the gigs with uh, Miles Davis... He played this bass consistently, mid '60s. I would guess '66 because it had lollipop tuners. Mm. Um, not a matching headstock, but it was white with no pickguard. Oh, just like Dave just Bell like old Dave's. Yeah, but it had the blocks on the uh, on the okay, neck, rosewood, yeah. obviously. And um, so he was playing that for a while. I thought that was so cool to see. '60s Mustang bass with the stones i saw him play that when i saw him live i wonder if that because I, I feel like when i picture bill wyman i picture him with like a weird like a hollow body or something wyman i wonder played, if he ever does any of that he played in the early days wyman played like a weird hollow body i think it was called a dallas was the brand okay yeah um they're insanely expensive now because they don't really exist mm-hmm. but he bought it for like 100 bucks they uh he played like some framus style bases mm-hmm. he did have a mustang base for a minute in like kind of like the early okay. 70s with the matching headstock and all that but yeah so he had the um so Daryl played the Mustang bass. Uh, also, there were some, I mean, notably some guitars. We got to talk about the Keith Telly. There's a 50s Strat that Ronnie Wood's playing in it. Mm. Les Paul Burst, which mm. I'm just going to assume it's a real one because, come on, you're the Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith was playing a mad, a really badass uh, Rosewood Neck Esquire, which I thought was cool. Mm. Um, going back to Daryl, pre-CBS Sunburst P-Bass, clearly a real 62 or 63 mm-hmm. A 58 P bass. So it had the anonized guard on it. Oh, God. That's such a look. Two tone. Um, oh, my then God. Didn't, there was a, didn't I just throw a, a fucking ball at a pre CBS with a. Oh, no. You it's, did. A, it's like a gold reflective. Did they guard. write you back? I haven't seen it. Yeah, that's not yet. an original pick guard. Yeah. Um, then there's a picture of young Daryl playing a, a Steinberger with the headless. Really? With just posing in a photo on him. Like, he just looks so badass, dude. I kind of. You got to go watch I some. Dude, I kind of want a Steinberger a little bit. I do. I tried playing one once, and it was kind of like the missing limb theory where it's you're so like. so weird. It threw me off. Like, I was like, there's no weight. The balance the is thing. so different. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Ampeg SVT was kind of all the amps okay. that I noticed for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I mean, Stones were the Ampeg band, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, I will say this uh, it's a must watch. For bassists mm-hmm. and aspiring musicians does he t- does he get into any sort of bass specific stuff or is yeah. it mostly just like music stuff so here's what i wanted to say it gets really into like music i don't want to say music theory because it doesn't get nerdy as far as like scale and stuff yeah. like that intervals and yeah modes. which he does mention a few times but just talking about the approach to music i think you and i and a lot of our listeners would appreciate okay um the th- what's going on in his head as as he describes what he thinks about music as hmm. which i learned a lot from it so yeah a lot of the theory stuff kind of like some inside baseball might be a little boring for people who are maybe just like a stones fan and yeah but really, if you're listening to this podcast you it's probably not i think you're gonna inside, like it yeah 
I also liked it because it was a very light documentary. They didn't get real heavy into yeah. anything. You know, there wasn't any big tragedies in his life, at least that Did he talked uh, does about. He, he doesn't still live in Chicago, does he? I don't know. I mean, the, it was modern time of him being here by, with like friends and family. Mm-hmm, right. But they were, I, they, I don't think they were ever like in his house or anything like in, that. In foggy London town. He's probably in London or yeah. L.A. Oh, L.A. Uh, so I liked it. It was, it was light. It was fun. He just seems like the nicest dude. And, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about like if we could meet like musicians famous musicians i've got to put them in my like top five man. that's a cool one yeah it would be so it's a cool. deep cut too and it's like it's it's pretty fucking hipster to be like yeah i want to meet a stone but like literally the only one you couldn't name in the band yeah right i don't know i, I dude i'm i'm all about it i mean yeah you're, you're a bass boy i am and your stones are your, your band and it, it i feel like i still am so i'm like okay this re- this made me like want to pick up the bass like, that's it really did dude that's that's an exciting thing to hear because when you've, when you've been playing that bass for like 20 freaking years yeah uh you know you maybe just, more than that probably right yeah well playing the bass playing uh, the bass seriously for, for 20 years yeah more than but maybe even more since so high school is that like bit. yeah to get that to be that deep into something that you're passionate about and then to feel that to have anything reinvigorate that is a gift. It is, man. And and we've gotten, you know, I think we both have gotten over the hump. Not that we can't learn more, but we've gotten over the hump to be like, I can play I can learn to play anything at mm-hmm. this point. You know, if I really sit down and try. I don't have to worry about my, you know, not short of like Ingve or something like that. Yeah, but like as far as like, oh, I could sit down and like tab out a song or totally. stand in front of my flat screen television and play along with get, Ultimate Guitar. Get blinded by ultimateguitar.com. So I had no choice but to give it a nine out of ten bass lines for the Daryl Jones Ooh, documentary. Oh, not not licks from the tongue or anything. I feel like not, you might have done that from for one of the stones. I think I did with the done. stones yeah. or something. Yeah, it's it's getting hard to come up with those arbitrary but i gotta give it a nine out of ten because that was such a good one it was so good man everybody should watch remind it. us what it's called it's called in the blood uh daryl jones daryl jones yeah. in the freaking blood yeah, dude. check Damn, it dude. out i kind of feel like you right now with this ipad screen illuminating my face it's is it burning up your eyes it's just a little dark in here right now and then so yeah it's like with the weird brightness want to flip a light on or something uh, fuck it dude let's just roll right. like i said um first of all let me just again go back to the fact that was a great dave's doc thanks man I love, I, I love it. it when you get to watch one. Ooh, I love when you get to watch one that is clearly right in your wheelhouse and like yeah. some, especially like this. I mean, it's a Dave's doc. It's about the stones and it's about the bass. Yeah. So it's just like all of these things that that are right, right, good for you. I'm glad that it delivered because that's a lot of pressure on a documentary. It could have been terrible. It, it might have really let you down. You know what, man? Because it came out probably close to a month ago. Yeah. I would say because you. I think you even might have been the one that I was like, guess what? There's a Daryl Jones doc. I held off, man. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch mm. it because I have an idea of who he is in my mind. And I'm really glad I watched it, man, because he just I didn't know he was such a nice guy, such a down to earth, humble, confident, just badass. Love to hear that. Yeah, also, Scott freaking is speaking of freaking freaking speaking. Dave's docs uh, black and blue. Hello. Yeah. The freaking uh Black Sabbath Blue Oyster Cult dual concert film doc. I don't even know what. You sent me a poster the other night, mm-hmm. and I woke up to a poster, and I was like, "What is this? How poster? cool is that poster, too?" I think I just want the poster. It's a show now. poster, or it's a it's a movie poster because it was the theatrically released film. Yeah, of, and I haven't seen it, but I heard believe someone it, talking about it on a video. Yeah, I believe it was nineteen eighty. Was at least the, the maybe eighty one. It's, it's was Dio the film. era yep. Black Sabbath. Yep, and then Blue Oyster Cult, and and featuring what has to be, if not the top five coolest names in rock and roll <laughs> buck dharma yeah from blue oyster cult uh apparently then you sent me well not apparently you sent me an article 
about that same tour, which I don't know if it's covered in this documentary because neither of us have seen it, where there's yeah. a giant fucking uh, riot yeah, in, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, during that tour, because they played many shows. So I don't know if the movie is like uh, just a live footage from that. Yeah, no idea. Or if it's like throughout the tour, but if it if it's throughout the tour, they have to show that. Yeah. But basically, yeah, I think they, they left the stage after like two songs. People were throwing shit on the stage. Yes, Geezer Butler got hit in the head with a, like a full bottle of beer. <laughs> Back and when they had took, glass and it, like, bottles took of them beer. out. Yeah. And so they couldn't play and then people... People rioted. Were, were and like upset. literally were like tearing handrails off and attacking people yeah. with them. Um, yeah, not a good look for Milwaukee. So we've there. got to seek that doc out because I also want to watch it. We, we do. do. Like a Kiss I, style. Uh, what was the name of that weird goofy Kiss one we watched? Oh, the uh, Phantom... Phantom of the... Of the amusement park or some yeah, shit whatever the fuck. uh yeah i want to watch that by the way i will say uh, get excited because if you guys are fans of dave's docs or if you skip this part entirely that's fine everyone's too. a fan of dave's docs uh there is a dio documentary coming out soon J- oh. ronnie james dio uh it's coming out in december i believe early december so that's the next couple I weeks see that there is also meet me in the bathroom which is mostly yes. a strokes documentary but a new york city early 2000s documentary which is on a book which i've read and that comes out next week so next week oh no shit well it's in theaters but they're yeah. gonna showtime bought the rights so they're gonna Dude. put it on showtime oh, which i man. do have me too i'm gonna watch so the show maybe we that. can both watch that one and oh talk about it. yeah because that's that's right in my like i love me some strokes. high school uh, yep. early college wheelhouse of music totally right man totally all right well again we already talked about there's a very little for future gear this week that's we're all right dive right on into it because the first of two uh isn't even new gear really but it's new paint for gear because hmm. uh you may recall back in May of 2021, Gibson debuted its exclusives collection mm. of electric guitars, uh, which are basically just uniquely finished 335 Les Paul Flying V and SG models only available from the Gibson website is the deal with these. Uh, you might have seen them. The most uh, popular there were Ebony, but um, the uh, most popular is uh, Drab Olive, yes. which was previously only available on that like Chris Cornell, the Chris Cornell which signature. is such a good look. Yeah, which is also like a $10,000 guitar. So it's, it's, it wasn't, but now it is. Yeah, of course. It's ridiculous. Um, now, for the first time since that line's inception, Gibson has actually brought out new colors. And I've got to say, you sent it to I'm me. I'm excited about it. I'm real excited about What's it. What's that color? Do you remember what it was called? I don't remember the name. But it was I... called Deep Purple, which I think is a, an interesting choice for yeah. considering. I mean, Fender has a signature of Richie, Richie Blackmore. Blackmore uh, but, okay. Yeah. Uh, the finish looks sort of like it, it's, it's almost black. To me, it's a mix between black, navy, blue, and purple. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, and so this, as far as I can tell... And it's like a matte finish almost? Is it a... I don't think it was matte, but I was going to say, as far as I can tell, this might be the only, like, purple, like, like proper purple that Gibson's ever done. Fair. Like, they've done... They did the custom shop Les Paul Purple Widow. They did a custom pro purple edge, and then there was that got goddess, which was like a skinny Les Paul that mm-hmm. had a violet burst. Yes. But I've never seen a purple, just like a straight up purple. Truly a deep Les purple. Paul. And it's truly a deep purple. Um, I fucking love it, man. And I've said this before to you. I know, and I'm pretty sure I've said it on the podcast. I think Gibson just, they, I mean, as compared to Fender, they knock it out of the park with colors, man. Yeah. If you had to compare them, just because, you know, we kind of do that yeah, around here sometimes. I think as far as colors go, wow, does Gibson have like a great paint shop or whatever from, the fuck you From call. their sort of standard and custom shop, but I would say from their standard model is, is where that 
shines more for me because I feel like get Fender's custom shop does some f- wicked color work still. Sure. Like when they're doing the old custom colors, like an old, I don't know that we were actually talking about what was it that Daphne jazz, uh, jazz bass earlier. That was like the perfect, fading on that it was like that 66 jazz you oh me. yeah well and you're talking like, about a real six right so I was, but i was gonna say that like i've never seen that color actually approximated perfectly by like a relic or a custom no shop or anything it's like impossible that. Yeah. whereas maybe gibson's custom i don't know maybe they can nail that color i don't I'm know sure, but, but yeah gibson for me and then remember that like devil red one i forget what the color was but it was like a almost like it's almost like the burgundy mist but it was like a sparkle ruby red oh on the modern les paul yeah yeah yes. that's what i'm, I'm talking modern yeah stuff right yeah now. dude like, that, right now they are killing it with color. the les paul modern with that like there's a graphite black and there's that there's that like ruby red or whatever uh, yeah called. i really like oh my those. god dude i'm i you know i've been i've been i've been close to buying a les paul modern recently and i just like they that's have. wild but i've god i want one so they're so they play so freaking well i just want to stare at it and they look really good too um, but yeah, so it's back to these purples. Uh, they did it for the 335. They did it for a Les Paul special, so like a you know two pickup junior style deal, and then a, a single single cutaway, and then a Les Paul classic. So not a standard, but a classic, mm. which I think would mean then that that one just has open coil humbuckers, maybe some. I think there is weight really. Yeah, it's weight relieved as well. So that's the classic, not like the okay. I'm thinking of the special. Okay, Correct. So, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. it's like it, you know, it's like your full fat Les Paul with the carved top and everything. But they like, it's not the same spec as the standard, mm-hmm. which is just like vintage or whatever. Um, so now, uh, in terms of price, not cheap instruments, even right. though they're not custom shop. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember what these went for? Well, I want to say like thirty five. So the three thirty five is most expensive. Yeah, that one is thirty two ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. The special, which is the cheapest, Les Paul special, is seventeen ninety nine, which is that's not bad. I don't know, man, for because that's you know that's just that's like their Bodor, right? That's the like just like a solid slab of wood. Those have always been like thousand dollar guitars. Okay, and then a Les Paul classic is twenty five hundred, so twenty four ninety nine. I do like the classic. I know, but the, that purple finish, man, on a three thirty five looked it looked a treat. It looked real nice. Yeah, I think the three thirty five is the only way I could go with that. Yeah, me too. You know, because like for me, Les Paul's just. They only have a few options. What are those options, Dave? Well, you got the burst, yeah, obviously. Sure. Um, done right. Yeah. Um, and then the in the variations of burst. There are many, Don't get me many wrong. variations. Dirty from lemon, lemon to drab honey, to honey and all uh, iced tea, tea. <laughs> root beer, bourbon, <laughs> uh, tobacco. But um, that I mean, and then white and black, you know. Yeah. And then even the occasional like. Um, you know uh, the burgundy like the wine a wine or the or like the lucy which i don't even know deal. if they do like really anymore that's mostly on the custom you see that yeah yeah i'm not wine. sure how they have it broken down nowadays but um but so you're not or what about gold oh fuck, yeah we got gold? it yeah I fuck with gold. <laughs> gold to me. I fuck with gold. <laughs> proper finish with the right back on it so these are specifically less but with you know, with with a dark back or gold back or the gold back mm, dude can we got the real price on that oh that, did we last paul but i don't know if we should share that the gold top the well, gold. anybody can inquire yeah but I, you know they choose not to list the prices so i'm going to choose to respect that but let's say we, mo- did, we did talk to our friend and it was more than we if you listen back was. to the episode it was yeah. a, it was much more than we it was you were close you were much closer than i was yeah but still and not. you kind i think you kind of you sort of dumbed your price down a little i did bit because i came i didn't low. want you to cry yeah, on the podcast i know but so. we were both wrong, and it was more than that. So. These aren't that expensive. There's that at least. Yeah. This is this is th- four figures instead of six figures. Well, here's a hypothetical. Would you buy 
Would you buy a brand new? Because I we do love used stuff and we love mm. beat up stuff. And even if something's a better deal used, if yes. it's a few years old than brand new, would you buy a brand new one of these? Let's say the three thirty five, mm-hmm. just for the color. No, because that's what that's where I'm kind of going with this whole idea. I wouldn't. There are some people that are so deep purple obsessed that they would like the band, or, or just the color, right? But maybe the band too. You could. Uh, no, I, I, and plus that's the thing, man, we're talking 3299 for a 335. You are real close to custom shop at that point. Yeah. And so I would, I would look for if, if that was my budget, I would look for used custom shop or something. Yeah, absolutely. Point. Yeah. That's kind of where I land with it too, man. Like if I found a great deal on, maybe somebody buys one, they don't like how it looks in person. They throw it up on reverb. They know they're going to lose some mm. money on it. There's a possibility, uh, you know. They, they, they are rare in that way, too, if you can only buy them from Gibson.com, too. So you're right. You are relying on someone then flipping it to even get it on the secondary market. And so in that not, way, you might be able to make a profit. That's what I was about to say. You actually, I take it back. You might even be able mm-hmm. to sell it for more. So hurry up and scoop those up, kids. But I don't know if they're I don't know if they're limited. I'm not really sure what the deal is. I didn't read Especially that because it's sort of like if you're only ordering from the website, They've got freaking 335s and Les Pauls ready to go that they'll just slap some purple on, let them dry, give, you know, give them a month. They don't have they don't have to like have a bunch on hand. So they can keep it as limited as or as Yeah, as you could paint one up and, as they want, yeah. and be able to just month get it or out two. the door. So, I don't know. I I I love the finish. I think it's honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I think I feel like especially for 335 that just feels a little expensive for me. Do you have a favorite like modern Gibson finish? Let's say a 335 just cuz I feel like that's such a when you go to me, those look so so classy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so. I, let's say for a three thirty five, a new uh, one. It's t- see, I don't. I'm. I would have to go with a custom shop finish because I'm. I'm going to say burgundy mist in general. Right. That sort of like light sparkle, or even the even the like the graphite where sparkle or the, yeah. the red one we're talking about. I really like the modern Gibson sparkle thing that they're doing. It looks really good. You know what? They, I don't like new. I never like new gold tops. I'll no, just put that out there. Me either. Um, I only um, tend to like whatever it's happened. It's like a Murphy Lab ones. or something like that. Sure, which yeah. even still not as just I would I would rather just not. They artificially green it. And exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's so. Well, that's strange. Um, in like because I, I love an Alpine, but do I like a new Alpine? Not so much. Um, yeah, I would I would say they're modern for in, for in terms of Gibson. I really like the sparkly stuff. Me too. You know what they don't do? Oh, they do a sick Pelham now, right? Actually, I should Ooh, say. Oh, I do the, like the blue that. that Even like, that Pelham Epiphone, bro. Yeah, I know. Seriously. I, dude, I've, I saw one of those for like 500 bucks. I was like, that's tempting, man. Mm-hmm. They're know? really nice. Those are That would be an epic hanger right there. Yeah. That'd be a noodler. Uh, what I feel like it cut you off. You're about to say something. You know what they don't do? Hmm. And maybe they have, and maybe I don't know, but like a white sparkle. Like cocaine the, sparkle. Cocaine white. It's, dude. Throw, shout out Zach. But- I don't know if they do any or, you know, or even how like old Ludwig's have that, that white sparkle finish. Like, yes, that. that would be so fucking sick. That would be, it'd be flashy. That signature, signature Dave guitar. You're going to get, might be, no, you're, I know what it's going to be a cocaine burst where it looks like someone, someone like Steve, someone their did co- half of it. Cocaine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually did have the cocaine dude. That with a dark back. Oh, how about with a gold back? Fine. The most fucking Louis Vuitton, Gucci fucking bullshit. All right. Last thing we're going to talk about here. I've been putting this one off for a while, but I really want to bring it up because it's so goofy. And um, it's just like it's one of those things that I don't want to shit on, but it's like kind of hilarious to me that it exists. And Dave, this have you ever 
Have you ever been restringing your Floyd Rose guitar or your floating tremolo guitar and you're like, you know what? I need a special clamp to help me do this. You no. Know, I've never restrung. You've a, never restrung a Floyd Rose. No. I haven't. Is it it's more intricate? Specific, it's, it's actually, I'll be honest, if you've never done it before, it is it is a much more annoying process because okay. any floating tremolo, you have to like set it like you have to like shim it in right. some way to get it to stay because it sticks up on purpose or something. Right. right so you can pull up and pull down right well right, right, right. have i got news for you <laughs> because there is now a product called the tremolo buddy that's hilarious which i feel like that is like the most like i don't want to call it lazy but that's got to be like the first idea for any new product anyone something ever buddy has. something the something buddy i know the uh, vacuum buddy the beard buddy the, the fucking jack off the guitar buddy which would be that'll be the coat that we put on the, the gear buddy how about that that's Ooh, what we are that is kind of funny the tremolo buddy is they describe as a lightweight durable and easy to use tool designed to simplify necessary maintenance tasks on floyd rose or other tremolo systems now i don't have a i've had this sitting here for a long time and so i don't have a I don't have a, a, a screenshot to show you what mm-hmm. this product looks like. But Dave, it's a freaking clamp. Okay. They it's a clamp. You clamp it around the body of the guitar. So what you do is you base it's like a it's like a clamp with like an extra clamp on there. So mm-hmm. you like clamp it to like the bottom of the guitar and then there's like an extra one that goes on top. Okay. And then you sort of like wedge the tremolo like on on mm-hmm. that and then it sort of and, and it's You're putting a lot of tension on the body of the guitar? No, it's no, it's I'm I'm, make, I'm describing it in a way that makes it sound like it's going to hurt something. It's not going to hurt anything. But just when I saw it, it's like it's a clamp. Like you can just buy <laughs> a clamp from Home Depot and it does effectively right. what this thing does already. I don't know. Maybe not. But I just honestly, I, I saw it and I was so befuddled that somebody like took the time to fucking like patent and like spend all the money yeah. to package and all this stuff and call it the Tremolo Buddy. A... There aren't are there that many people that have Floyd Rose Floyd guitars? Rose. B do they not already have something to shim it with? And then C are they even going to find out about this product? I mean, maybe if they listen to the end of this podcast, they will. Well, I will I will say when I was on the hunt for a Les Paul, some some of the deals that could be had was mm. ones with the Floyd Rose mod like, or or like early, the Les Paul Access, very uh, popular in the early the, 80s. The uh, Neil Sean signature Les Paul that has yes. a Floyd Rose on it. But other than that, Jacksons. Get some Jacksons, get some Ibanezes. I, I mean, any of the super. There are some super, su- super strats out yeah. there. But the thing is, with a Floyd Rose, that you know, compared to a Strat, they they're much bigger, so you have to hog out more wood to actually be able to use it. Do you have anything with a Floyd Rose on it right now? I do. I have a. I have an Ibanez RG four seventy. Well, Floyd Rose, buddy, if you're listening, Tremolo, buddy, Tremolo, buddy. If you want me to restring my guitar? By the way, that guitar. Um, I think there's something wrong with the the electronics on that one. So I actually, I that. like years ago, restrung it because it's not. It's my old friend's guitar. I was like, I've never played this thing. I'm gonna restring it. Went through the hassle of learning how to do a Floyd Rose setup, which is kind of annoying. Got it all set up, plugged it in didn't work I, was oh, like, I hate that you get all sad. and then i've it's been years since out then, of pure and frustration and you're I've like i'm not taking it ever again apart. no yeah. Yeah. I, maybe i should just like drop that off somewhere and be like give this give this the full shebang but i don't know you could do it and and if they're gonna do i'll be like hey did you happen to use the tremolo buddy when you uh when yeah you did that set up there we could we, we should ask a real tech what Check they think out. about the, the hey uh, pepper if you're when yeah. if you're ever setting up a floyd rose which is never with nathaniel that's hilarious uh use a freaking tremolo buddy that you know i again it's a goofy product. You can use it for string changes, intonation adjustments, bright bridge height adjustments, spring claw adjustments, truss rod adjustments, or you can just use a regular clamp. But Dave, I want to ask you before we leave, 
what do you think they're charging for this Gosh. freaking clamp? What's it made of? Uh, it's a, a lightweight, guess. durable, and easy-to-use tool. I would imagine that it is injection-molded plastic with um, maybe some sort of like rubberized something or other on the pads to sure, protect to finishes protect and whatnot. Finish. Uh, twenty-nine bucks. Thirty-four ninety-nine. You were close. That was a good guess. They're on sale now. I think. Oh, that Black Friday. Def Black Friday blowouts. You yeah. buy buy two get one free. Sort of sitch. I, I just yeah. Made that up. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you're good. I feel like if you have you know a Floyd Rose, you probably already know how to string it. Yeah, I, you can throw a shim in there. I mean, again, I I admit that I could just be wrong. I I, I, I saw it and I was just like the the tremolo buddy. I want to put this up there with like the nipple that goes across the horn of the guitar that holds your strap on. Wait, what? Wasn't there something like oh that? Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. The fucking the bass condom. I want to put it up I want to put it for up the up EB there with bases that. that like with the with the SG horn. And I also want to put it up there with the thing that helps you strum better and holds your arm in place. Oh my god. <laughs> the strum buddy. <laughs> I think it's ironic that we're shitting on names with Buddy because we are we the Gearbuds. Gear Gearbuds is a fucking great name, it and is. it wasn't even our first name. So you can it's great. You people out there with, a, right with yeah, you can f f that right in your uh, your f holes because I I agree. And it's if maybe the tremolo, tremolo buds, a podcast about tremolo buddies, just uh, nothing but Floyd Rose talk every episode. All- <laughs> Who's been using it this week? Bro, did you dive bomb it all this past weekend or they what? They just and then someone comes out with a new one, they just shit their pants. Nah, dog, like, oh, I've been oh, having a, it's been a hard Bigsby week for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Well, <sighs> Tremolo Buds is gonna be our if we ever run out of ideas, we'll have at least an offshoot uh, that we'll be we able will. to get into. And don't wow, sue us. I gotta say, we've been talking for a while. This was a blast. Way beefier than I've ever expected. I wanna say I've very much enjoyed this episode. Me today. too, man. It is dark it's out now. It's fucking dark outside. We've been talking into these microphones. Do you think My they hung out? Tired. Do you think they're listening? I think they might have been. I mean, we might, we got a lot of positive feedback on the the, the last set of beef we put out. Thank there you the so world, much, so. guys. It means a lot. It really means a lot to us. We love doing this. We love doing it for you, with you, and with each other. Love you, Dave. Love you too, bud. Love making this show. And if you made it all the way to the end and you're still listening, why don't you make some music? <laughs>